have a lot in common, some really similar experiences, and some wildly different ones. We met because of beer. We bonded over comedy. But maybe the thing we love most is bread. And each other. Oh, do we though? Whatever. You know you love me. How about you just pass the bread? I know how you love to uh, swing your head around. (laughs) Is that a thing I do? No. Okay. I was like, am I like a secret head thrower? And I had no idea. You're just tossing your waves constantly. I I don't know how you don't know this about yourself, Kaylee. I thought you were going to say tossing your weight. And I was like, yeah, literally every time I move. (laughs) No, someone... I posted a photo, uh, the photo I posted with Rosebud Baker a few weeks ago, a girl I grew up with who their whole family has like the na- like natural, like the most beautiful natural curly hair. And she commented about my hair and she's like, look at all the volume. I was like, <laughs> it's mostly empty in there. It's just air and wide and air. There's I mean, no volume. But your hair is like perfect though. That's, thank you but that feels like a stretch. <laughs> mm, no, I think it's pretty great. I remember the last time I complimented you on it and you were like, the air conditioning in my car did it. I had yeah, it blowing I mean, on full I, volume. I showered after today and this is what it dried into. That's why I have a hat on because it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. The smell of these cinnamon rolls. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. Even into it. you don't really like cinnamon rolls? I don't rolls love cinnamon rolls, but I think it's more I don't love glaze icing situations. Yeah. I love it doughy. I love the insides. Yeah. I definitely was a kid that ate the center of the cinnamon roll first and then moved my way out to the dry side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's interesting because I was the exact opposite because I, like, I loved anticipating that like final perfect bite. So I would start oh. on the outside and like work my way to the inside. Okay. Um, no, but this was one of the things uh, when I was like looking at recipes and you know doing the research and stuff, where I found out that um, so cinnamon rolls have been around obviously in different um, different ways, uh, but Sweden is kind of the country that is uh, attributed to like having the first cinnamon roll because okay. of cinnamon, like all that stuff. And they don't really ice theirs. They do pearlized sugar. Like, so those like larger mm. pearls of sugar. And I was like, oh, that'd be perfect for Kaylee because I know she doesn't like icing. Correct. And I tried to find them and I like couldn't find them anywhere. I mean, well, I couldn't find them at Kroger and Trader Joe's. So, you know. <laughs> they didn't have them anywhere. <laughs> um, I don't know that I've ever seen pearlized sugar like that at a normal grocery store yeah i feel like that's like a williams sonoma thing or that's probably where i should go next like those kind of places those like specialty cook places Mm -hmm. um but i i've had a cinnamon roll or not a cinnamon roll i should say a cardamom bun uh with pearlized sugar on it before and to me that was like the perfect level of sweetness Mm. because you're just getting these like tiny hints of it instead of the overwhelming uh icing yeah I am noticing your icing is not like 
pure white? It is not. Is it a flavored icing? It is like a caramel icing. Okay. Um, and this is this is like my mom's recipe for uh, her like quick caramel icing for cinnamon rolls. So like, I didn't grow up with that white icing. I don't like it. Yeah. It's like way too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. Although you're probably, oh, this is also very sweet. Um, but it's really easy to make because all you do like this recipe was um, like a stick of butter. You completely melt it on the uh on the stove then you add in a cup of light brown sugar and a fourth a teaspoon of salt and you stir that continuously uh for like two minutes um so that it all comes together and then add in a fourth a cup of milk and stir that until it's like completely combined and then move it off the heat add a teaspoon of vanilla stir again let that all kind of cool and then add in anywhere from a cup and a half to two and a half cups of powdered sugar and just like whisk that in until it gets the consistency that you want it to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like this, this is the icing that I like. I can get down with a cream cheese icing as well because it's like a little bit richer, but I don't like that glaze either. Um, that's not my favorite. So that's why they're a different color. I'm into it. Slightly flavored. Um, I mean, I think I'm into it. I haven't eaten it yet. <laughs> you haven't eaten it yet. Have you tasted any yet? No, I haven't. So you I haven't just like had these in your home and then oh, you they brought smell them here. so good. Mm, I bet your house smells mm-hmm. great. It does. And it was also like, that is also just such a like, it makes me think of my mom, like mm. familiar smell because she, um, like her sweet rolls, we call them sweet rolls or cinnamon rolls, were like, known like she would travel with them if we were like driving down to south carolina to visit their best friends like she would have a tray of cinnamon rolls and bring them for um like uncle mike who lived down there because he he loved them so much and he would always be like they would get there and he'd be like where are the cinnamon rolls and she's like they're in the back damn so hers yeah but um i didn't make her think of in a summer at your mom's house (laughs) i mean it's a great place to be (laughs) sometimes (laughs) um no, but she, this is a little bit different. I tried a different recipe because hers definitely requires a mixer. Mm. Um, which you don't have on your counter. I don't. Um, and she also, uh, the filling in these is um, a tablespoon of melted butter, uh, a half cup of light brown sugar, three to four teaspoons of cinnamon, mm-hmm. uh, a 16th teaspoon of salt, and then it called for a sixteenth. A sixteenth. Can we just say a pinch? Yes. Did you, you measure can. out a sixteenth? I mean, I like eyeballed it. Yeah. Um, and then two tablespoons of flour. Uh, Is that typical? No, well, okay. So my mom was telling me about this. I've uh, never made cinnamon rolls in any capacity. Okay. So I don't know. Well, that like so the whole thing was like melt the butter combine all the ingredients to get it to like a wet sand like mm-hmm. kind of mixture and that's very different like than my w- pussy <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> do you need to go to the doctor <laughs> just kidding well um can you imagine no let's not imagine Never yeah mind. i can We're and gonna it sounds terrible <laughs> Yeah, hide behind those hands. <laughs> just for everyone, you know, just so everyone knows. 
It's not. That's not it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's like a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh. We got wet All sand. Right. <clears throat> Spread it out on the dough, mm. I assume. Yeah, and then you just kind of roll it all up. But that's very different from what my mom does, which is she, like, rolls out the dough, and then she, like, um, does butter, like, just, like, spreadable Mm -hmm. butter on it down, and then a layer of brown sugar, pat that all over the butter, then the layer of cinnamon. Oh, so she's layering it, and this is instead of mixture. Yes. And then she also uh, adds pecans Mm -hmm. to hers and then rolls it up. But she was telling me at Christmas because because her cinnamon rolls are so good, like, that's one of the recipes I wanted to kind of learn from her. And so I was like, Mom, like, walk me through every step. Like, I want to know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was telling me, she was like, you know, she was like, I, one of my friends was telling me that you need to add flour to it because it helps the cinnamon sugar mixture stick to the like like coat the dough. actual dough yeah so that it's not falling out mm-hmm. and that you aren't getting those gaps between the well, dough it is. it's it's locked in right there yeah so i think that's the flower and i was like oh okay like this this works well and mm-hmm. i was really uh skeptical about only a tablespoon of melted butter because like my mom puts way more than a tablespoon of butter when she's like spreading it right. on the yeah, dough yeah yeah um, but it worked. So then you do just a one big sheet of dough and then roll it and then slice it? Or so, are you doing individual rolling? No, I do a whole sheet and then like wrap it all up, roll it up, I guess you should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in order to get those really clean cuts, I take dental floss and oh. you scoot it. Is that the menthol I'm tasting? Damn. <laughs> well, they're about to ban menthol cigarettes. You got to get it where you can. <laughs> uh, so you like scooch it under the roll, and then you like you know, okay, do the kind of method, and it like so that it doesn't smush down as you yes, cut with a knife, so that you yeah. preserve that lovely roll. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, that. your preservation of the roll is <laughs> on point. Thank you. Thank These you. are perfectly spiraled. Um. Yeah, so this recipe, it made like eight cinnamon rolls. So it was like a fairly small recipe. Like I'm Mm -hmm. used to like my mom's where she, I mean, I guess she does a really big one, but there are like multiple sheets and she freezes part of it and like. Well, I also noticed when you were baking yours, like you sent me a picture before you put them in the oven and they're all spaced out. Uh Uh-huh. Most of the time I see them all touching. Yeah. So you've got those edges. Yep. Is there a reason for that? Um. That that's you don't? how my mom does it. And it. that's also what the recipe called for. So the recipe that I made tonight um, is the King Arthur pillowy cinnamon roll recipe that was like their recipe of the year. Oh, they pillow. Yeah. They they look soft. I can't wait to put it in my mouth. Well, you can put it in your mouth. I'm doing the one talking right now. You always so. do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> On this section. <laughs> in this section, you do all the talking and I just make eating sounds into the microphone <laughs> well just you, know. you know what i'm tired of waiting oh, for oh, your facts you're going for that dry edge you know <laughs> gonna have some manners right. yeah so i i'm going dough first no cinnamon barely any cinnamon as okay long as... i'm excited because the dough is what i'm really excited to try and mm-hmm. yeah yeah is that a good thing it's a great dough Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been wanting to try this recipe for a while because I have never made cinnamon rolls unsupervised before. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I mean that. That's <laughs> a statement. Are no. you in a situation that you blink twice if you need to get out of a situation? <laughs> no. Did your captor leave for the day? <laughs> no, because I like my mom like walking me through it. Because like I mean, we've talked before about my perfectionistic tendencies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like if I'm putting this like because these these are a, a work. And so I yeah. want them to turn out well. And I think one of the, there are many great things about this podcast, but it is making me, me <laughs> number one, <laughs> uh, it is making me so much more comfortable with yeast and like baking outside my comfort zone. Cause like I don't make a ton of bread. I haven't made cinnamon mm. rolls because I'm like, what if the rise isn't right? And so I think this is good for me to just like put my hands in it, literally. Okay. Yeah. I, I've made it to the cinnamon, by the way. How's the... It's so great. How's that mixture? Because it's not too sweet. Okay. Awesome. Because you know. You know me. I was keeping you in mind. <laughs> that 16th whatever of, of, what a teaspoon of, of salt. salt. I wanted double that. Oh, I you want a whole... Eight. You want an eighth? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So this recipe was really interesting because it this uses... dough is so soft. Well... There's but, a reason for that. But steady, like not steady, sturdy too. Yeah. Right? It's like really soft on the inside. So. But the structure <laughs> is maintained. All right. I'm all about a good structure. I'm just saying. Uh, well, the reason for that, I think, is um, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but it's like Cheng Zong which is a Japanese method for making a really soft bread. And basically it's like making a roux. Um, So the first step of, yeah, yeah. The first step of this recipe was um, in a saucepan before, you know, the heat, I put half a cup of whole milk and three tablespoons of bread flour. And I mixed all of that until it was like there were no more lumps whisked it all together and then put it on the heat and just kept continually stirring it until like a really soft paste formed and interesting yeah i I never heard of this method never done it before so i kept stirring it you know paste like what texture like 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 you know when you're like making a gravy and you're like doing yeah. the roux first like with the flour and, you're just and thickening the, it with yeah, the flour. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what it was where it's like you're mixing it in the saucepan until like the um whisk is like you're kind of like seeing the bottom it's of the pan cuz it's like, like clump, yeah. uh, clump up a little bit. So I get that. That feels like a scary way to approach dough. Right? Okay. But look at the result. No. (laughs) It works. Yeah. So then I put that in a large mixing bowl and immediately added two-thirds cup of whole milk. And the, like, the roux essentially kind of, like, warmed the milk. Then I added two and a half cups of bread flour. This was all bread flour. It wasn't Mm -hmm. all-purpose flour. Um, And then added in... I'm trying to think, like a fourth a teaspoon of salt, two tablespoons of sugar, uh, two teaspoons of instant yeast, Mm -hmm. and then four tablespoons of softened butter. Not melted, softened. So then I started mixing all of that together. with this. This is off the heat. This is in the mixing bowl. This is in the mixing bowl. And they were kind of saying like that the roux warms the milk. And so you're getting everything to like the same temperature by doing that. 
and it just creates this sturdy softness. So then what was the texture to like roll it out? Okay, well, well, this is the other. So like I'm, I kind of like mix it together a little bit with a spatula and then I kneaded it by hand for like 12 minutes because Dang. you wanted the dough to be like elastic and a little bit mm-hmm. tacky and it was like it was coming together so nice and i was getting excited well this does have some chew to it yes yeah um and like the temperature of the dough was you know like regular or whatever um and so i then after after like the 12 to 15 minutes of hand kneading um i covered the bowl and set a timer for 60 minutes because they were like it needs to rise. It doesn't have to double in size, but it needs to get a little poofy um, for 60 to 90 minutes, depending on the warmth of your kitchen. And I was making these at like three in the afternoon. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, it's probably going to be fairly warm. It was so, a warm day. Yeah. So I think I let them rise, though, for like 75 minutes. Like I went right at the half. And then um, I rolled them out on a greased, like my greased counter. And um, I had made the filling mixture that I talked about before, mm-hmm. and then like patted it down, rolled it up, uh, cut it with the dental floss, put it on um, parchment paper on the tray, covered it with like a lightly greased uh, saran wrap, and let them rise. They were like anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, again, depending on the warmth of your kitchen. Let it rise for 30 and then uh, turned the oven on to 375 and let that warm up and then baked these for 18 minutes. Got it. And that was how I made it. And that's how it's done. I think you need to put some in your mouth. <laughs> I, I agree. So do you have a question about how I made these? <laughs> no. No, I think your explanation was pretty Was it thorough? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, we didn't really, I don't recall ever having, like, my mom never made cinnamon rolls, I don't think. She was definitely a big fan of, like, treating herself at the Cinnabon. Oh. And she would, like, want to stop and get one, and she wanted it hot and blah, 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 and I was just like, eh, I'm good. (laughs) Um, but the only ones we ever really ate at home... You're going to see a pattern here for the Pillsbury <laughs> ones and not the regular ones. The orange glazed ones. Oh, so good. I mean, I love orange so much yes. more than regular sweet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and those are like literally those are the only ones we ever had at home. See, the that's really funny because we, of course, like never had those at home. Yeah. Also, in case you were wondering, yes, the cinnamon rolls that my mom makes half whole, whole wheat. wheat. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, one of my best friends in high school growing up, like whenever I would go over to her place for the weekend uh, and like have a sleepover like that Saturday or Sunday morning, her mom would open up a tube of Pillsbury Mm -hmm. cinnamon roll, the regular, like the small ones. Yeah. And put them all in a tray where they were like touching. And that was the only time I had them. And I thought they were so good because they were so different than what I had grown up with. And so I was like, oh, these are... Oh, you got that sweet, sweet center. No, no. Still there. <laughs> oh, the actual center. All right. I'm just, I'm going to come when I get to the middle. Just, I'm letting it, like, play out. All right. It's a slow game. Building that anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's just kind of funny. But it was it was definitely one of those things where it's like, 
the icing was also like a big part of it. Can you put that in your mouth? I did. I tried it. Oh, wait. Well, you didn't react. Come on. Well, because you were talking. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <that's> how- <laughs> well, um, no, the texture of these is so good. Like, is it different than your mom's? It is. Okay. It is like, I feel like my mom, well, first of all, my mom's is like half whole wheat. So you mm. have a very, it's not as smooth as mm-hmm. this, but like this does feel sturdier, but not in an overbaked way. Yeah. And it is still soft. I but think you see I, what I mean? Like it, it keeps its like form, but the inside yeah. is fully soft. I think I could almost grant it. I haven't gotten to the center yet. I'm, I'm a ways off from that, but um, I am wondering if I could have done them for like a minute or two less um but for what so it's a little gooier or what's your no i don't like a gooey center but like the (laughs) (laughs) well i know some people that do (laughs) (laughs) um but like the bottom of this is just it's a A little brown for you it's a little brown um i also like that (laughs) um no but i i feel like this was a good first effort yeah i think this is great i'm into it um so yeah i will i don't know i'll make these again i think Mm -hmm. for sure is this something you could make because doing all of those steps in the morning for breakfast sounds awful yes but the rise time isn't long enough to like start it overnight so what's the method they said that you can, um, like, I think after you roll them out and kind of cut them, you can put them in the fridge, like, overnight, mm-hmm. have them do that final 30 to 60-minute rise in the morning before you put them um, in the oven. So that's one so way to shorten it. So an additional rise after you pull them from the fridge? Yes. Got it. Well, not an additional one because but you'd already... last rise. Yeah, yeah. Or you can uh, you can freeze them and have them in the freezer and then mm. do a thawing. Like, because my mom, um, she freezes a lot of her stuff, like her cinnamon rolls, um, and she will. Uh, I think her method is she she pulls them out of the freezer and just lets them rise on the counter, like thaw and rise on the counter for five hours. Which is um, at Christmas, she had sent me home with. Uh, unbaked cinnamon rolls mm-hmm. because I had like made them and I um I knew we were doing this podcast and so I was like oh I want to like have my mom's cinnamon rolls and like do this episode with hers and then when yeah. I when I went when I went to make them um you know they had been in the freezer too long you guys there was hysterical crying there was no tears <laughs> there was just a disappointed and abrupt text being like these are awful and then i followed up with beer patio now pretzels yes yes <laughs> we finally got the pretzels we dream oh. about in episode one. Oh, guys on a patio on Two a perfect orders. spring night such a good evening. it was a great it, it was, was a great alternative to having cinnamon rolls. It really was. And then I was like, well, I've been wanting to try this episode for a while. Um, so you want to try this episode? Or do you want to try this recipe? God. I want to try this recipe on this episode. We're doing so there great. We go. We're doing great. <laughs> yeah. We are doing so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also uh, Mother's Day is coming up. So... Shout out to the mothers out there. This this felt like an appropriate one um, mm-hmm. for them. Well, yeah, you have a lot of, I mean, 
because you were so excited about your mom's recipe, you had a lot of ties between cinnamon rolls and your mom. Yeah, and you didn't, and I just assumed, like, let's make it all about me. <laughs> I think the people have caught on to that. <laughs> Are you... <laughs> no, I think we're very balanced. Um, I just don't have a lot of... I don't have a lot of specific nostalgia between my mom and cinnamon rolls in the way that you do. Yeah. But I do have a mom. You, you I, do? I you are in, a mom? I have two, in fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got a you got a birth mom and you got an adopted mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, happy Mother's mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to all you mothers out there. I also did uh, look up the origins of Mother's Day because I was okay. curious. I looked up where cinnamon came from, and it's from a tree, which I didn't know. Oh, right. And it's like the bark. Yeah. Like, that's essentially like that unrolling of it. I want to plant a cinnamon tree. <gasps> Can you? I don't know. Oh, try it. We're going to do it. All right. Well, cinnamon is, like, notorious for having a lot of, like, healing properties. And mm. people use it in a lot of things things eastern medicine especially yeah so i imagine it was a pretty big thing during the spice trade days well they kind of said that like cinnamon potentially launched the age of exploration because it was one of the things that like everyone wanted mm. and so they started you know traveling and colonizing. which is interesting because at least for our palate cinnamon without sugar is pretty like harsh Oh, she just took a full bite. Like, she went, like, <laughs> deep. Mm-hmm. Her head just rolled in a circle. No, that center, <laughs> that center's good. Is it a good one? Uh-huh. You're pleased? Yeah, I'm very pleased. How, are you pleased with this icing? I am. Um, I haven't taste. I'll taste some of it off that I mean, other you one. Don't, you don't have to, but. Watch me. Yep. All right, I will. <laughs> Later. <laughs> we'll work our way up to that. Um yeah, I am because it it does taste just like my mom's, and yeah, that's so. that's where this nostalgia. That's, okay, so what is the origin of Mother's Day? The only thing I I don't know shit. Let's be real, but I know that Father's Day came around like seventy years later, which tracks. <laughs> seventy years after Mother's Day. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they didn't make it a thing until like okay. much later. Well, so when I looked up uh, Mother's Day, like first of all, like. All countries have like a version mm-hmm. of honoring mothers. Mine, I, what I was looking at was mainly American, although they did mention um, in the the European, especially like in England, um, it started out as what was called Mothering Day, which was the fourth Sunday of Lent. And, and again, we're Everything back. Everything ties back to Lent. <laughs> but it was Mothering Day was when you were, no matter where you were living, you were supposed to travel back to your mother church and spend Mothering oh. Day with your like home congregation. And then in modern times, they've just updated that to like Mother's Day. Isn't that Which a- is completely different, though. Yes. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So I get that like the pilgrimage, pilgrimage, I think a lot of, a lot of different religions and cultures have that like come back to the motherland thing, um, in different, in various, whatever, in different ways. Um, that is interesting. I don't know. I, I wish I had more feelings about mother's day. I sent out my, this is how much I don't know. I thought it was this weekend, like this past weekend. Yeah, you said that thing about getting a card in the mail, and I was like, we got two weeks. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I was about to, like, bitch that 
people in this house weren't acknowledging <laughs> me. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. I'm not sending. I send him, I sent him out on a Thursday thinking it was th- this last Sunday. And I was like, they're going to be late, but oh well, at least I put them in the mail. Normally I don't even get to that p- part. Sometimes like I'll have Juniper create crafts or do art or whatever. And I was like, nah, not this year. <laughs> and then after I said it, and I was like, I told multiple people, I was like, finally got my, I was like bragging. I was like, I got my cards in the mail. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, I haven't even shopped yet. And I'm like, what, where, what day is it? I don't even know. Second Sunday of May. Yeah, well. There we go. My mother will be surprised for the first time in her life that it <laughs> comes before the holiday. <laughs> Uh, yeah i was gonna today i was gonna go to um olive and sinclair and grab like Mm. chocolate bars for my mom because when they visited me in nashville that was one of the things that we did because like my mom does so much with like chocolates and all of that stuff and that tour uh ended up being like one of the favorite things that she did so i always like sent her that but they were closed for some reason today so i'm gonna have to like get out there hey, like well, it was this week. national pilates day i mean i oh. think that's probably why yeah you're right <laughs> everything <laughs> shut down for that <laughs> so we go sweat our asses off in a courtyard <laughs> more on that later <laughs> uh, uh, oh that is weird yeah to not have weekend hour i don't know yeah oh. Um, but anyway, so that was kind of the European, like British mm-hmm. thing with like Mothering Day and, and now what um, Mother's Day is. But in America, the first day that Mother's Day was celebrated was in 1908. Mm-hmm. And it was started by this woman named Anna Jarvis, who she was not a wife or a mother herself, but she kind of like saw this thing where she was like, so many holidays um, are about men's accomplishments and celebrating men. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, women need to um, have like a day celebrating them. And also every other holiday, the mothers are doing all of the work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent point, Kaylee. <laughs> Just like it's Christmas. Dad doesn't do shit. <laughs> He just gets to sign his name to the bottom of a president occasionally. And I know that's not fair. There are wonderful fathers in the world, but historically, moms in are doing all the work. The case of my family, this is definitely true. My dad used to work Christmas Day. Like he would actively volunteer to work Christmas Day at a emergency animal clinic so that he didn't have to deal with Christmas. Anyway, separate separate thing. Uh, this isn't a daddy's issue episode. This is a celebrate our mother's episode. You better believe it's marked down for Father's Day though. Come June. We ready. Shit gets wild. Uh, no, but she like it was like a whole movement and a lot of people participated. She like really it, it kind of became like a little bit part of like the women's suffragette movement, mm-hmm. like all of that stuff. And then I think it was in 1914 that ooh, Woodrow Wilson uh, declared it like a national holiday. Um, and it's been <laughs> it's been can uh, i help you i don't know you want to fish that tab out of your beer if you can do you not know that i do this i've known you for how many years every tab goes into my drink all right i have not been paying attention then it's just all on me mm. uh 
So it became like an official national holiday in 1914. And then what was interesting was that by like 1920, Anna Jarvis was like boycotting it because she was like the commercialization yeah, of it. And it's like the floral industry, the card industry. She was mm-hmm. like, this is not the point of Mother's Day to make like money. It's to like thank the the people who are doing it. Um but even, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it was during like the 1970s, like Loretta Scott King was leading marches on Mother's Day for women to like talk about um, like rights and all of these things. So it kind of became, it was like a little bit political like yeah. in that way, which I thought was interesting. Well, it definitely, I mean, it seems like it stems from some feminist movements and getting their voices out there honor us pay attention to us we work so hard no yeah moms are great (laughs) (laughs) said the mom in this podcast i don't think i would get a rave review so (laughs) um did you like did you grow up like wanting to be a mom was that hell no Okay. <laughs> One more time for the back. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no. Yeah. She was an accident. And by accident, I mean... Miracle. I was told I would not have a child. <laughs> and then I was with child. <laughs> <laughs> Becoming a mom was a trip. Because I... Uh, she's going to get old enough and listen to this episode at one point. But I had just finished chemo like just finished chemo. My last round was the end of August and by mid-October I was pregnant. <laughs> and I had no hair <laughs> and was not interested in dealing with another illness. <laughs> because that's another growth was. in your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A new growth that just kept getting bigger. Uh no, the timing was just so bizarre and it just felt like I just completed one medical issue and now it was just another medical I had no attachment to like the living creature inside of my body I was very detached from the whole experience I think I was just detached in general but like people you know talk about that moment like the moment I first held my baby my life changed and I never knew love (laughs) I didn't feel shit and then I felt really bad about not feeling shit yeah and then I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be so in love. And all I can think about doing right now is, like, surviving <laughs> this. <laughs> so it was, like, a weird... It'll come out in therapy with her, I'm sure, because she probably feels no maternal <laughs> love from the womb. <laughs> but it was just a very weird, surreal experience, and it didn't seem real... The entire pregnancy, I was, like, fully in on planning her nursery and doing all of that kind of stuff. Didn't think once about, like, having a human. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you maybe compartmentalized and focused on the parts that you could, like, handle. Mm -hmm. Because, um, if I remember correctly, you were, like, in the middle of some shit. So it makes sense. Yeah, it was just really bizarre timing. And, And then because I had just completed chemo... It was considered a high-risk pregnancy, so then half of the doctor's appointments were like a two-hour drive to a specialist to check on things, and then my placenta was weird, and it, my the umbilical cord was on the bottom of the placenta instead of the center of the placenta, so then her nutrients weren't... It was just like a whole nother thing, and it just very much felt like a medical experience and not like 
the beautiful whatever pregnancy is supposed to be to people. <laughs> life-changing well, moment? I mean, it was life-changing, but <laughs> just not in that like romanticized way that I think especially the media portrays it to be. Yeah. And she's cool. She's rad. Wouldn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Even now, now that she's older, I don't feel very... And definitely never felt maternal. But I don't really feel like a mom now. Now I just hang out with my other friend. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just a weird dynamic. No, that makes sense. I think, like, I... I had never, like, especially, like, growing up, I never saw myself as a mom, like, Mm -hmm. and I still, um, like, people keep talking about, like, oh, your biological clock, like, it's Mm -hmm. gonna, like, kick in when you're 30 or, like, whatever, and, I mean, I'm 31, and I'm still, like, I still feel no desire to, like, have a kid um, for myself, like, I don't, I haven't looked at it as something that, like, um, I need to do in order to like feel fulfilled as a person right. or like that that's something that like because I, I mean I have thought about it in the way of like okay most or a large number of people have kids like that's kind of part of the human experience and I'm kind of opting out of it or like it's not something I feel mm. like I want to experience but I feel like I will tell anyone if you're unsure or not into it don't do it yeah I mean, because it's not a casual thing. Yeah. At all. Well, so like the pressure, like the pressure of like, oh, you'll change your mind or, oh, you'll I want a baby eventually. Like, so angry when people like, tell me that. Nah. And don't. Like, it. it's truly life altering. And yeah, there's really cool elements of it. But mostly it's just a full time job. Yeah. That is mostly thankless. And you're responsible for keeping another person alive constantly mm-hmm. forever <laughs> like, and then financing it and yeah. all of the other things so yeah like i love hanging out with her and stuff and i actually very much enjoyed her as a toddler when i think most moms are like oh my god i can't hand-. that was the funnest time she was like this cr- like super chill like kooky kid never had a tantrum never had a meltdown and then she turned six. And then, like, she got psycho once we introduced other children to her. Mm. Like, once once she had outside influence, she changed dramatically. And, like, that was another thing, too. Like, motherhood wasn't this, like, bonding thing for me either. Yeah. I didn't know anyone with children until, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. My friends didn't start having, like, sure, childhood friends started having children, I don't know, around 17. but like the people I was close to who were in my life weren't having kids yet and I was in that like middle age where probably younger than all of my friends were going to do it and older than all of my friends who already had so I didn't raise her with any like mom friends mom dates play dates none of that I had none of that experience mostly because I don't have any interest in other people's (laughs) children (laughs) small detail (laughs) but like that was an element of it too where there was never this like i'm a mom and i'm in the mom club now like Mm -hmm. never but then for my mom she had fertility issues which is the reason they adopted and she was like wanted nothing more than to have children yeah all of the children and couldn't 
So the, on the flip side, it was like a super big burden for her that she had fertility issues. And I feel like that she was one of those people that like that was her calling or that's what her, you know, role in the world was to be a mom, which I don't still don't understand. <laughs> but it was a completely different experience for her. So she cannot fathom why I didn't have more kids or I mean, literally as soon as Juniper was born, it was like, when is the next one? And I was like, <laughs> literally, my shit is done. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a wrap on my body. <laughs> Not going to happen. And, like, she, I think it's a thing all grandmothers do, seemingly. But, like, when are you going to have another one? We want another one. Don't you want a little boy? Da, 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 da. And it's like, no. I'm so good raising one child. <laughs> well, did that create, like, I don't know, a weird extra layer of tension in the fact that you were, like, I was able to get pregnant. I had a kid. I don't want any more as opposed to like her like wanting that so much for most of her life. Do you did you feel like there was anything like she just truly couldn't understand that? No. I mean, I think she she couldn't understand that cuz like why wouldn't I want a million babies because that was her feeling, but like I don't think there was any tension. I mean, <laughs> It's my vagina. <laughs> it's my body. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, also, we don't have the most in-depth conversations <laughs> as a mother and daughter. So I don't think conversations beyond like, no, nah, I'm good. Wherever yeah. had. Yeah. No, it's interesting because like I, I feel like part of the reason that I also like never wanted kids was I think from a young age I became just like really aware of how uneven the workload is and how like mm. as a woman like when you become a mother your entire identity changes and having a mom who like she was a stay-at-home mom with me and she was good at it like she yeah. that woman can keep herself busy 24 7 my mom too. like doesn't like yeah. i think as a kid i never saw my mom like sit down and never. relax never I never saw her like reading a book, watching a TV show, mm -hmm. like chilling, like she was always working. Yeah. And so I think I was like, and it may be just as simple as this where I was like, oh, that doesn't look like fun. Yeah. Like, oh, my mom was for sure the quintessential like housewife, pastor's wife, stay at home mom. The house was never not clean. Yeah. She always thought it was messy. <sighs> she comes to my house and probably wants <laughs> to just kill herself. But like to the point where like, I never cleaned. I never learned to clean because my room was always cleaned for me. Oh, wow. Until okay. the day I moved out. Shit. And then I was like, I don't know how a dresser works. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, my mom was like. She did everything. She did everything. Okay. And she was also the very involved sports mom and travel mom and field trip mom. And she volunteered for playground duty at the school. And she volunteered for cafeteria duty. Like, she was so involved. Yeah. And that's because that was what her role was. Okay. And she, I think she thoroughly loved it. All right. My mom was not that involved, mm. like, like part of her job. And I, I mean, I was also like homeschooled through eighth mm. grade. And yeah. so there were, but there was actually, that was one thing with my parents where like the responsibility was split where like my mom handled the humanities and my dad took math and science. And so like he really took an active role and hand in my education in that way. Mm. Um, and, you know, because like he had the knowledge to do it. And like, even when I was in high school and I would be like, dad, help me with this chemistry homework. Like, 
he was yeah. very much part of that. But like my mom, my my mom came to most of my games in high school. But I was very much like, you don't need to be here if you don't want to. Like, if it's inconvenient, you don't. Mm. I, I'm not hurt if you're not in the stands. Like, I don't need you to <laughs> witness me, you know, yeah. serve or whatever. Um, and serve the Lord. <laughs> serve that volleyball. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, like, and I, I also think, too, like, I mean, she was also taking care of my grandparents during like, right. parts of my yeah. childhood. And so that was like, very split um and it was interesting because like this was a couple years ago like i was joking around with my mom and i was like you know you're never getting grandkids right like that's yeah. that's not happening and she was like yeah like we you know like we know that's you know you we don't expect that of you which was really great and then she was like you know she was like you're just like me uh when i was your age and i was like what because i didn't I, I just thought she always like wanted kids and I was like what do you mean and she was like oh when your dad and I got married she was like we did not plan on having children and I was like okay like what changed and she was like well she was like we your just dad didn't pull out <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> never talk about that again um I mean <laughs> I don't know. I know our sex education was pretty bad, but if you want me to explain to you how it works. Um, but no, she was kind of like, oh, we, uh, you know, had this realization that not having kids was the most selfish decision we could make. And so basically, I think, I think that the okay. Lord led them to have Got it. me. Um, and then she was I think also it's selfish to have children, <laughs> right? to have children personally <laughs> especially when the earth is currently melting <laughs> <laughs> um but no like it was and then she also like told me that um because i was born when my parents were like in bible school in south carolina mm -hmm. and she was kind of like yeah i'm really glad you were born because it made your dad go back to work <laughs> and i was like glad i could help you out mom <laughs> glad i could be there no but i think what i also appreciate like about my parents is that um they got married they like met and got married a lot later in life mm -hmm. so like and i mean in the 80s it was even very unheard of <laughs> yeah but yeah. like my mom had me when she was 37 and mm -hmm. my dad was 40 and so they have never i think unlike a lot of christian parents that i know like they have never been like you need to get married or like you need to find a man or anything like that in fact if anything it's been the opposite where they're like uh you know marriage is a lot <laughs> which is that kind of is funny true. but i think it was really interesting for me because like my mom was like she wasn't as emotionally available to me as a kid like she like truly she was just like working all the time mm. um but i always thought of her as like a really good mom and like yeah. you know was very invested in certain mom things and like all of that and so it actually made me feel closer to her to realize like oh, you didn't, like, want to – like, you didn't feel like you had to have kids right? initially. Yeah. And I think also for her, like, she was one of nine, and so there was, like, no mm -hmm. attention, like, nothing was given like that. And um, so I think – and she's told me, she was like, well, your dad couldn't handle more than one, which is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and so they were content to just have one kid. Yeah. I mean, I, that makes perfect sense to me. Which is sort of abnormal in the, like, 
age of that and yeah. everything. Where like my mom, I mean, she was married at 19 and I would assume they probably started trying to have children pretty immediately and it just didn't happen. So I think I think she was 28 when I was adopted. Okay. And then you know, there was 10 blissful years without another sibling and then they adopted my brother out of foster care, which was a whole different thing. Foster parents, foster moms, Jesus. How old was your brother when they adopted him? They started fostering him when he was three, and I think the adoption finalized when he was four. Okay. So he was older. And, I mean, that's a whole nother layer of, like, parenting, because now you're parenting literally someone else's fuck-ups basically to put it lightly (laughs) like so you know but that she wanted that so bad and i think my my dad also had that like wanted a boy so bad even though i was the best son he ever had and he knows it Mm -hmm. uh so yeah there's a lot of a lot of layers to like them being parents and wanting it so badly but um i don't know i just feel like if it's not for you, it's not for you. But yeah. my mom was very, like, couldn't have been more involved. To the point where, like, it didn't phase. Like, like you were saying, like, I don't need you to be here if it's inconvenient. Like, it was just assumed. Yeah. Like, she would follow the team buses out of town <laughs> to every game. Like, she filmed every single thing I've ever done. Like, every single thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there's, like, not a basketball game that doesn't exist on tape somewhere softball soccer school play like every single thing she was there my dad less so because he was working but like i mean her involvement every field trip every she was like she was almost always the like class mom who organized the valentine's day party and the christmas party and all the like in classroom events in elementary school and she also homeschooled my brother once he got older. She's, I think she started homeschooling him in second grade up through high school. So she was also doing that and showing up for all of the stuff I was doing. <laughs> are you going to, like, do you feel like because that was your example, like, are you going to try and do that? I think I know the answer to this, but are you going to try and do that for Juniper where it's, like, every single thing that she's doing? Are you going to? Yeah, I mean, pro- I, I've gone on multiple field trips. And I can't imagine like not attending one of her school programs or sporting goods or sporting goods, <laughs> <laughs> sporting events. Yeah, sporting events, plays, theaters, whatever. She like the thought of not going seems incredibly, for whatever reason, probably because of my mom's example. But like, how do you not go to your child's thing? <laughs> very easily <laughs> if you go to a school 45 minutes away from your home i did i mean we lived well, out of right, town you're right there we were no we were nowhere near the school <laughs> i think there was also something with me sometimes where like i i just had this like independent streak where i was like i don't need you here like but it wasn't about a need it was just an assumption that she would be there and we didn't communicate when she was there especially as i got older yeah like when high school came, like she came, she sat up in the stands, did her thing. I literally wouldn't speak to her. Like mm-hmm. not because I wasn't speaking to her, but she was up in the bleachers or whatever. And I was doing my thing. And then afterwards we went to the locker room, got on the butt. Like there was no interaction. Yeah. It was simply like she was there and I always knew she would be there. Like she was just always there, but it wasn't like, 
my mom was very quiet. She was not like screaming in the stands or cheering me. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just like, I'm kind of laughing because I'm like, I, I think maybe my mom came to like one away game and I don't mm-hmm. think they came to any of my softball games because like softball is just so boring. Oh like, no. Like my mom was the one bringing the oranges and yeah. like, yeah. Did she like, was there, was she part of a, like a whole mom group? Were there other moms that were doing that? No, I feel like different teams were different. Like sometimes you were assigned a week to do that or whatever, but like she was just always on it. There was like calendars on our refrigerator and she knew when she was doing what. And it was similar. Like when Juniper played soccer, you better believe I made the cutest snacks for the three-year-olds who were just sweating out in the Nashville sun pretending to kick a ball. But like, so there are those elements that are definitely her influence. Yeah. But I think if I'm being really honest, that's because I'm worried about how I'm presenting to everyone else. <laughs> like, I want everyone to think I'm a great mom. <laughs> Meanwhile, at home, I'm like, I don't know, eat a granola bar. <laughs> Get out your vegan cookbook. <laughs> I got her a cookbook so she can be independent and I don't have to make her meal. I mean, you're teaching her life skills right there. I think that's excellent mothering. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Like, those things I enjoyed. And when she was younger, I was, like, way, way more involved. And, in, like, when the, the first year of her life, I took photos every single week. So that by for her, like, one-year birthday and stuff, I had 50 however many weeks yeah. or in a year. Because <laughs> 52. Uh, yep, that many. Uh, of her with, like, different, like, graphics on them and, like, how much she weighed, how long she was, what she was doing, if she had rolled over, all of that mommy shit yeah. was there. And then the second year, I was like, well, weekly is excessive because now she's getting bigger. So it was monthly. And okay. it was every month we would go. Yeah, the second year, every month we dro- drove and took a trip somewhere new. And oh. so every month was just her doing some new adventure thing, wa- walking around, you know knee-deep snow in Colorado (laughs) or throwing rocks in the river or whatever. It was just like, and documented all that. And then by age three, we were here. And I, like, I started, oh, I started doing photos of her in front of, like, graffiti walls. Mm -hmm. Like, not necessarily, like, mural walls, but, like, like, real graffiti. But I just started running out of walls. And then just sort of stopped. Yeah. And so now I just take a photo a year in the in front of the same wall. Well, no, that's really interesting, though, because, like, you know, at the beginning, you kind of talk about, like, feeling really apathetic towards motherhood. Mm-hmm. And then you, like, fully committed. I'm not going to have like, her not be a mom. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, but, like, yes, but, committed. Uh, but, like, I <laughs> think my priorities are not always this, like, the same as, like, a typical mom. Like, I don't know. Okay. Well, it's interesting. I wanted to go hang out with her. I didn't want to, like, no, that, baby I, like, her. <laughs> that is super fun, and it reminds me of a book uh, a friend of mine was talking about one time that was talking about, like, adventuring with your kids mm-hmm. and, like, how that's important. And, like, yeah. just... She was... That's why I think she's so go with the flow, even now. Like, now she has, like, more opinions, but, like, literally, I could throw her in the car and we could go anywhere. Like... She never cried in the car. Yeah. People talk about like, oh my God, putting him in the car seat's a nightmare. She was just like down. Yeah. Like we were just always out, always doing something. I felt much less equipped to parent at home, but out in the world, 
she was chill. Okay. And I wasn't like stuck in the house or whatever. Yeah. Because I went to work. I got stir crazy. I went to work as soon as my 12 weeks were up. I was like, bye. Get me out of here. Gotta go. But on the weekends, I would get up. And if there was absolutely nothing to do, I would just go push her around Target. Like, I just needed to not be in the house. And we were great. It was when we were in the house that I just, like, couldn't hang. It was a really weird thing. So even now, like, it's like she wants to stay home more now because she has games and friends and da 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 Yeah. But I'm always like, can we leave? Can we go somewhere? (laughs) What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Oh, yeah. Like, one time (laughs) we took that, like, day trip up to Mammoth Caves. Yeah. Like, with her. I remember that. That was fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, No, it's interesting because I'm now like at the age where uh, a lot of my friends are having kids or they're on their like second kid or their third kid Mm -hmm. and just kind of seeing like, I don't know, like knowing them through all these different life stages and then seeing them become moms has been like one of those things where like I have like asked myself like, do I want this? Like, am I like am I still good with my life choices or like how my life has turned out? And like, for the most part, it's been like, yeah, like I see them like doing motherhood well or thriving or like continuing to want that. And I'm just like, good for you. Not for me. Yeah. And, um, I don't, I really don't see that changing. I think if I would be a mom in any capacity, it would be like if I have a partner later on and like fostering like older kids, because mm-hmm. I like babies, toddlers. I think just because of my well, she's like ex- trying to say if she really wants a single dad. <laughs> so I mean, that is the dream scenario. <laughs> single dad with partner in custody. Fifty-fifty <laughs> would be great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I it's it's really interesting because I see so many of my friends becoming like such good moms, mm. and it doesn't make me feel left out or like i'm missing something and yeah. so i'm like thankful for that no i totally get that and i think i approach because of my mother and i's dynamic i definitely approach mothering different as far as like the conversations we're having the content i'm exposing her to we're very openly talking about our bodies and the proper name for penis and vagina and all these things that were very like taboo in our house yeah. i'm very open about and i've made it very clear that like the, you know we've already had you know age appropriate conversations about sex and people like you like it's crazy but you have to talk to your kids about being touched now and like yeah. those kind of things and if i've i've found that like because i was so sheltered i went out into the world knowing so little and I'm like, no, I will absolutely er- equip her to know all of the things as soon as she's old enough to comprehend them. Yeah. So that's been different. Like, that's one thing I think I took away from my mom in an opposite way of like, nah, she's going to be have very honest conversations. I will never tell her how perfect I was <laughs> 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 because like that's how my parents personified themselves as the standard to live up to. Mm-hmm. And instead of like giving me permission to make mistakes, it was just like, no, you don't do that. Like being well-behaved, well-mannered, polite, respectful is like it. I think all of those things come much easier 
if you can respect your parents because you know that they're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's definitely elements of parenting and being a mom that I don't know. Well, I definitely am approaching differently. Yeah, and I mean I also think like you bring up like a really good point. Like you're not expecting or demanding perfection mm-hmm. from her. Never. And like I think you're probably going to give her like what you didn't have, which is like the space to mess up or fuck up or like come and to you and say. And even the space to have the conversations. Yeah. Because things were so just off limits. Like that's why I think my mom and I even now, like even in high school, like she was around. She was a great mom. But we had meaningful conversations 0% of the time. Mm. And to this day, like everything is very surfacey. And it just, it, that's just, it is what it is. But it did also make me look at my biological mother in a way after having kids. That was also a thing of like, oh, this thing is like part of me. She was the first biological thing I've ever had, right? Yeah. So it's the first time like you're seeing yourself in another human. Mm-hmm. And because Matt was also adopted, for both of us, this is our like biological creation yeah which is weird and it wasn't something like we desired but like to have it now you're like it's a lot more respect for like what my biological mom had to do yeah and that process and that process of like giving a child up for adoption has got to be like so insanely hard so that was a new level of appreciation too of just like oh look like it was the first time people be like oh she's got your nose or your eyes or whatever Mm -hmm. because people used to tell me and I think, I assume it's just, like, something people say because they don't know what to say to, like, kids. But they'll be like, oh, you look just like your dad. Yeah. And I'd always be like, I'm adopted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, mm, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't look like him because he is not. Like, I was very vocal about that when people would say that to me of, like, no, you're just making shit up. <laughs> oh, no, that, like... That is interesting because, like, I had two cousins who were adopted and Mm -hmm. then one of my best friends in high school was also adopted and they were all pretty, like, no, we want biological kids because we've never, Mm -hmm. like, had those ties. And I get that. I get that that's an appeal because it is a foreign thing. And both, like, when she was born and, you know, obviously when she was born she looks like an alien. But, like, as, like, she started growing and there's like photos of me as a baby where like we're like twins and then we look the same again when we're like three and then sometimes she looks like matt like there's all these different stages and you're like this is weird yeah well it's interesting too because like you and i talk a ton about our relationship with our parents Mm -hmm. and i will kind of be like no i know i get this from my dad and like Mm -hmm. this is how this is like not even like sometimes it's just how we think or our approach to something Mm -hmm. and that's interesting because i can see both of them so clearly in me uh and that yeah i don't know that's weird yeah well i mean that's that like the nature versus nurture yeah things and I'm there's certainly things I'm going to pick up from my mom that are more like behavioral right mm-hmm. like showing up to soccer practice with the oranges and the juice boxes or whatever yeah but at its core I don't think we think the same about anything no no I, I, I don't think that you do <laughs> whereas after meeting my biological mom like those like certain things start like clicked for sure and you're like oh this is where I get like my sensibilities or my mm-hmm. just 
core values that are like literal core values and not these surfacey things that I was just taught. Yeah. It's weird. Well, that's interesting because like I can also pick out those core values from my parents, but mm-hmm. I apply them in really different ways than I was taught to or mm-hmm. that they have. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I don't know. I've always looked at, at parenting or motherhood as being like, it, it takes so much selflessness to a certain degree. And like you were saying, like so little thanks. And mm-hmm. so I think that's one of the things where I've just like doubted my ability to like be that selfless in certain ways. Yeah. And I've just been like, yeah, I'm no, I, and I also, I think because I was also given that model of being like, well, if you're a good mom, you stay at home. Like you don't work. Right, right, right. And I was always like, I, I, I have to work. I mean, I think there's so much value. Like a stay-at-home mom has a value in place, but like the moms that I think I respect or look up to the most are the ones working their asses off mm-hmm. and then also parenting. And that's a like hard thing to ask, but like I think people, especially anyone with a single mom, I think their respect comes from how hard their mom was working outside of the home yeah. to make sure things at home we're taken care of. I also think it's one of those things because I think of several of my friends who are stay-at-home moms where it's mm-hmm. like it is a question of priorities and like what is the most important thing to them. Yeah. And like I've seen some hard choices that they've had to make and it's kind of like yeah like you you are making the decision that you think is best for you and the family or not even best for you but is best for the family. It's best for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah I just hmm yeah I mean those conversations were had a lot with Matt of like literally my whole life has been my whole adult life has been taking care of one of you yeah you or her yeah <laughs> like that's been my identity for so long so like the last two years when it's like finally finding my own identity it's like this weird crazy thing of like what am I outside of like their caretaker yeah. <laughs> even though I was working the whole time like my my job was to keep shit <laughs> afloat together. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's been like a like, oh, I can actually like be interested in things that aren't motherhood. Yeah. Or you know, I don't All know those things. Uh, so what did you think about that icing? I didn't love it. <laughs> 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 I got enough to know. Get the, get the gist. <laughs> and you are not here for it. No, nah, I'm not. Sorry. You haven't eaten the core of your cinnamon roll. I mean, I haven't. It's, you know, it's I just I mean, I think, I can't think of a better way to wrap this up than, than you my, just me gobbling just that going right up. for the core. <laughs> mm. All right. Here we go. Is it everything you dreamed it would be? I mean, that's a perfect bite. good they're great 10 out of 10 would (laughs) let you make them again (laughs) you'd agree to it (laughs) i'd agree to another round next time i really want to try and find like oh this was the other thing that i thought was really interesting about the swedish cinnamon rolls Mm -hmm. is that in the dough they put a little bit of cardamom Mm-hmm. So there's like a little bit more of like a flavor profile and it kind of makes me want to do that next time That's as well. That's an interesting, yeah. I love cardamom, so. Yeah, it is a, just obviously a basic dough. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I can't, I can't remember exactly, but I almost feel like I've had cinnamon rolls with stuff baked into the dough as well. Well, a lot of like English ones, like I think they're called Chelsea buns, are all about like that raisin. Yeah, baked. that's kind of what I was envisioning. Yeah. 
And definitely like the like the candied pecans on top and stuff. Big fan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, happy Mother's Day to everyone who's choosing to do that. Or everyone who didn't choose to do it but now has to do it. I mean, it's Wednesday now. You got like four days to get a card in the mail, get some flowers ordered. Yeah, like, you know. Ship it or be in the mail now. <laughs> Actually, do whatever the hell you want to. If you don't even want to celebrate your mom, I respect that. And if you're going to show up to your mom's house and surprise her with flowers and love, also, I guess I respect that too. Yeah. I if mean, that's your move. Good for you, whatever you're out there doing. Yeah. I was always a little envious. There was like, there was always like friends' moms who were like cooler, approachable moms. And I think I model a lot of my stuff after like them. Like very specifically, my friend Raina's mom, Kelly, was the mom. She was the one having like the open conversations and all that stuff. Yeah. And now like she follows me on Instagram. She likes every photo of Juniper. Like she's like all in, right? And she's definitely someone I model after. And also my teacher, Beth Staub. She was a shit. She was pregnant when I was in high school. Had her baby my sophomore year and would be like pumping in the media room. <laughs> like she was, she's to the, and then her daughter's in college now, like kicking ass. Yeah. So there was like definitely other mothers I pulled from outside of my own. So okay. happy Mother's Day, mothers. <laughs> Thanks for keeping our shit going, literally. <laughs> you keep on making more humans. Yep. This Just is a very eloquent world going. All right. <laughs> well, as always, subscribe, rate, review, share. Yep. Um, uh, pass the bread podcast on Instagram, pass the bread podcast.com. Please send us messages about things that you like or send us anonymous things or send us stories about times you made funny breads send us recipes like literally just start getting involved because <laughs> we're gonna run out of shit to talk about <laughs> just kidding we have a list of like a hundred more breads yeah i'm, I'm not really worried about that <laughs> all right. breads forever all right have a great wednesday everyone bye bye